Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 12th episode of Nerdy Show. This is our special Chiptunes episode. Hi, I'm Hex. I'm 12 years old. What is this? Pinkhead Thunder! <laughs> Triforce Mike. Cap. <laughs> and Brian, looking at what horrible things this show becomes without my guiding influence. Yeah, Brian's back. Yay, We're really excited yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah! He survived Italy. Um, they don't yep. have plumbing or electricity. Did they... you get the mad shits when you went there? No, but no. I didn't drink the water. You fared better than I, I did. I did not get Napoleon's... No, Mussolini's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Mussolini's Revenge. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to drink the beer, not the water. And what we just listened to was an amazing rendition of Jamiroquai's Love Philosophy, uh, done by Vert... The amazing chiptunes artist uh, when he performed at uh, Blipfest 2007, the first ever Blipfest. So yeah, we are here to talk about chiptunes today. I'm kind of I'm a bit of a, the chiptunes aficionado as the uh, the nerd music guy. And I, I always have a problem with chiptunes is that there's just I like it, but there's so much, and I don't know what to do. Where I'm supposed to focus my attentions, and I just let Hex show me the good stuff. And that's kind of it the works. point of this episode, is to help people figure out what is the good stuff to follow. Uh, plus, we're interviewing uh, a man behind some of the best stuff, Pixel Hate, who oh my gosh. has uh, pretty much revolutionized uh, what people consider chiptunes, and maybe even what people consider music uh, in, a, in a mainstream sense. Uh, he is probably the leading, at least most famous chiptunes artist. I, uh, I was actually hanging out with Shale Riley. Uh, yesterday, because as, as I'll talk do. about later, uh, we uh, I went to Nerd Invasion, and uh, I was actually ta- getting warmed up about the show, talking about Pixel Hate, and I realized exactly how much of a freaking fanboy of him I was. <laughs> Just talking about, well, this is what Pixel Hate started with, and then he did this movement, and then this movement, and then he tried to play around with Obsolete. And, and he's so dreamy. Oh my god, I, he totally is. <laughs> They look, actually, he, what does he look like, Hex? Is he hot? Uh, you, imagine uh, Ewan McGregor. Done. Oh my god, that was quick. Whoa, yeah. I just, I but just. Hey, that, it, not on the air. <laughs> I'm okay. No, let's talk about imagination. Let's talk about wardrobes. Does he wear brown bathrobes a lot, or, or perhaps you know, um, fancy suits? Those are the no, only two no, options. It's, it's usually <laughs> yes. it's very biz cash, where it's like a button up shirt, very like the collar is open. Is it geek Untucked, chic? Very geek chic. That's the jeans. term. That he they... wears jeans and brightly colored. Um, uh, kicks. They they coined they coined that phrase when they were describing uh, David Tennant as the tenth Doctor. Ooh. geek chic, eh? geek chic. Hmm. They were like, he's very geek chic, is what 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 everyone was saying. It's a spinoff of metrosexual. Yeah, I suppose. I, I suppose. <laughs> a dorkier version. Yeah, someone who you know will solve a problem with a screwdriver. <laughs> but yeah, we're very honored to have uh, Pixelate in the studio. He's uh... my mom solves problems with screwdrivers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you deserve it. Yeah, she's an awful drunk. <laughs> but a great lady. <laughs> she's done so much for the country. Well, she treated you In really bed. well. Yeah. <laughs> she showed Ooh. me the video. I was really uncomfortable. Again, I blame she is a screwdriver. Flexible, flexible lady. I'll let that advanced age fool you. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be hopping into some music. I'm going to actually play uh, the amazing Mr. Spastic, who uh, I first got into when he was actually making his own hardware to make chip tunes, and it sounded very. It was very similar to circuit bending, which we'll go into in a minute with uh, Pixel Hate. But now he's progressed to a much more dancier feel. Feel. Here's his new album, Claps and Leads, 
from uh, the 8-Bit People. This is FXLP. Enjoy. No, no, it's FXLP.
we're back. Uh, who we have on the phone via Skype is uh, Pixel Hate from the United Kingdom. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. It's um, it's quite late here at the moment, but it's um, yeah, it's good. It's good to be on the show. And you said you were watching some uh, some quiz call. No, I wasn't watching quiz call. I was watching some bad comedy. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, basically, uh, we're, we're having our chiptune show, and we thought it would be apropos to have you on the show to uh, ask you a few questions. So let's just kick it off with, uh, what is your definition of chiptunes? Um, chiptune music, for me, isn't um, a genre. It's, it's, it's the instrumentation. So, um, you know, you can have trance chiptune, you can have, you know, dance chiptune, you can have quite, um, almost, we even have... Of, have over here we have quite emo chiptune as well oh, um no. so it's um it's it's varied you, you essentially use the the sound chips of all computers um to make the music and um that can mean anything from like the 60s uh, all the way up into like the ds so yeah that's that's kind of my definition of chiptune do you feel that uh the term bleep bloop is used as synonymous with chiptunes I do, but I think it's a silly name. <laughs> it is a silly name. Yeah. It, well, why, why do you think that uh, that a lot of like uh, scene people prefer bleep bloop over chiptunes as a terminology? Um, I don't know um, on that one. No, I honestly don't. I think it's it's friendly. It's nicer. It's um, it's it's easier to pick up. I guess maybe. Mm. weren't weren't, they, weren't those guys Herculoids? Yes, they were. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a question. What? Okay. All right. You know, do we have any yeah. kind of NEX sound here? Are we dealing with vacuum tubes? Yes, we are. We are. And with um, Thyrotron valves, we're dealing with um, all kinds of really nasty, dangerous um, components. I like um, it. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. On uh, obsolete, there was a lot of uh, what sounded almost like generator noises and uh, humming. Was that audio that was actually picked up from the machines running itself, or was that in fact the sound the machine was generating? No, that was that was actually um, I kind of separated all the different sounds that each machine can make. I, I recorded the humming, I recorded the sounds of the CPU through it, like an AM radio. I recorded um, you know the sounds in operation, and then I kind of fused them all together. Because when you're using those machines, you get to experience all those sounds anyway. So, and I really wanted to put across the whole feeling of the machines um, in the music. Yeah. Awesome for the digital heart and for and the revolution. You you created your own software. You mentioned yeah. before that you had to you taught yourself all the uh, the taught yourself how to do that pretty much. I did. I was um, I was very. Um, I, I tried to go to college and learn um, programming, but I was a bit cocky. Um, to be honest, I, I kind of showed up and um, saw what they were teaching the students, and I kind of didn't like it. I didn't want to make database programs i didn't want to make word processes i wanted to make you know fun things so i just went back home and played on my nintendo <laughs> and then um you know a few years later it kind of you know you know i, I started you know when you when you had like pcs come into the home you could do emulation and through that emulation you could learn about the hardware that was going on in a nest and so i took that those things and i went back to the machines and started working on them yeah, it's um, it's primarily self-taught, but ironically now, I teach at the university I walked out on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, when when we're talking old NES games, which uh, yeah. NES game would you say has the best soundtrack? Jenny Tilius. 
it's awesome. It really, really? is. It's a Sunsoft game, and it starts out with kind of like Armageddon kind of chords, but um, yeah, I think Journey to Tilius is pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I actually played the hell out of that game, and I tend to yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Have, have you ever played Big Nose the Caveman? I haven't. No, I that, haven't. That some wicked noise comes out of that game. It stands out as being one of the most distinctive NES scores, but the thing is it wasn't it wasn't a commercially released game or not like through right. it wasn't approved by Nintendo. So it was oh, it's well. one of those funky cartridges. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to see if I can find a copy of it then. Yeah, you got to check it out. <laughs> it's got some warbly funky noises in yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, well, you were uh Pixelite, you were you were talking about how um how you developed your own software and everything. What did you have to uh, learn when going into uh, recording obsolete and kind of communing with these uh, different, completely different machines? Um, obsolete was a fantastic opportunity for me. I had to learn about 30 different machines so in, in about 25 different languages and about five system-specific languages for the machines. And um, a very, very, you know honored that the the museum would let me do that and they're very very you know good bunch of chaps you know to let me do it um it was it was a tremendous amount of work i was working about 18 hours a day for three months um we were i was learning assembly language i was learning about um things like the elliot 803 and it's weird 39 bit um instruction set and yeah, just anything I could. I just kind of went there, sat in the archive for quite a while and read every book I could and every bit of information. I did interviews with the staff to um, learn the, the kind of human side of the machines. And the, you know, Some of these people have worked on these machines all their life in some way or another, and so I wanted to put their stories into the, the music as well. There's, there's a lot of hidden messages, uh, a lot of encrypted Morse code rhythms in obsolete and I, I kind of put all that in I actually I think I wrote a 35 page um, essay on on the project outcome that I'll I'll send to Hex I'm sure he'll love it oh so. I totally has wish. that been uh, published anywhere uh, has, has the uh, article you're talking about been published anywhere no no it hasn't it hasn't it's um, it was part of my master's degree um, <laughs> so it's yeah it's very geeky on that front um, but yeah I passed that one yeah. <laughs> I should hope so. Yeah. Um, I, when you when you started off making music, uh, you've told me before it was actually with uh, circuit bending, playing around with toys. Yeah. Did you yeah. want to uh, like explain exactly what is circuit bending for those that aren't familiar with it? Yeah. Um, circuit bending is taking apart an existing kind of electronic or toy. You know, usually for me, it's like a. Um, a Furby or a, a children's toy keyboard, and you essentially take it apart, add extra connections into it, um, rewire it to make different outcomes. It's quite empowering because you know you buy these what two, two, three um, dollar keyboards, and with a, a few extra components, you can make it sound like a monster. You know, make it sound like a fantastic bit of kit. So it's um, it's very good to to buy like about twenty keyboards, take them into a classroom and say to kids, look, let's take these apart, let, <laughs> let's rewire them, and let's make them make, you know, quite hellish noises, and um, they love it, they love it, and it's it's quite empowering um, for them to be able to make their own sounds out of these keyboards. So, yeah, it's, um, circuit bending is good fun. Dangerous, but good fun. What's the most unlikely uh, object you've circuit bent? Um, yeah, well, I've actually got a Barbie keyboard sat in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that is that Which is, based off of a, a, a like a actual Barbie licensed keyboard or is it? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, wow. it is. It's, it's an official Barbie keyboard and it's so good looking. It's pink. <laughs> so, I, so I wanted some really deadly looking levers on it and stuff. So yeah, yeah, that looked nice. Now, what's the uh, the object that uh, the, the random object you feel has produced the the finest, most exquisite random noise? Well, there's um, a keyboard I bought on eBay for about three quid, um, three pounds, and um, it just it, you can just overload the circuit, and it makes the most highest pitched screech <laughs> ever, and it's beautiful for annoying animals around my neighbourhood. <laughs> Have you employed that on any albums? That particular noise? I haven't. No, I haven't. I I kind of take very very small snippets of circuit bent noise to create the percussion sounds on a lot of my albums. Like uh, on my newest album, I used um, on mainly stuff that caught on fire. That was actually computers catching on fire and circuit bent things catching on fire. Um, so awesome. I I kind of snipped up little bits of that and um, and yeah and uh, and kind of and put that into the music. So. Do you see a lot of artists doing uh, the level of creativity with uh, experimenting with instruments that uh, you're doing today in your field? Um, yeah, there's there's a few people. Um, a, a lot of people are quite quite afraid of me. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, um, but they they kind of say, "Look, we're doing this. You know, do you approve of this or whatever?" And it's just like, "Well, you know, as long as you're having fun and you're you know making music, go, go for it." But yeah, there's, there's there's crazy people out there making wonderful noises. Like people, my friend, like John Bowers, who will go on stage and just make horrendous noise. Um, on stage for about thirty minutes, and um, and then um, then that that'll be his set, and it'll be fantastic. Um, but yeah, there's I mean I I really like a band in the UK called Casio Kid, who's kind of like half emo. They've got a live drummer and a singer and a Game Boy, and it's very different, and it's very very good, very good. What you're describing sounds a lot like um, when the uh, Fairlight CMI came out and like Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush were just going around recording people busting up televisions and breaking <laughs> plates and pl- turning them into key sounds. Yeah, that's that's neat. It's a style. It's a level of innovation that hasn't really been around for a while. I feel. Mm. Oh. As, um, uh, with with obsolete, it, it was it was very very much like that. I would go around and record um, a- every kind of sound I could out of these machines and and <clears throat> and use Morse code to relay messages in it so it's um yeah it was a lot of that going on in that certainly uh on your new album and the revolution there's uh, a track that we're gonna play um <coughs> called uh you were born to save the world well, we played it last week but I, it's definitely yeah. something we want to play again because what's most remarkable for me is that i think it's the first track i've ever heard and i've, I've asked a few other people about it that is the first Chipkins track that actually incorporates orchestra, a live orchestra in it. Yeah, um, it's um, well. I think Imogen might have beat me to that on her track on um, on Tidal on her new album because I did the uh, kind of Game Boy sound for her on um, on her album. Uh, I think she might have beat me to that. I don't know if she used real orchestra though. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's. Um, there, there's all I, all I say on the orchestra front. There's a much larger project to come um, with um, with a, a handheld device and a, and a concerto for it. So um, there's something much much bigger in the, in the works for that kind of front. But that um, that track you were born to save the world was actually a um, it's actually a lullaby for my newborn son, Aww. and um, it kind of I, I turned that into a musical piece. So that was actually for my new son. 
Um, you've, uh, you've you've played around with uh, with old computers uh, at Bletchley Park, and you've made your own software. Where can we? And I we I remember the the buzz a, w- a while ago about working with Damon Alburns, and there's yep. really been no real revelation about what's going on there. I'm, I'm just curious um, what's next with Pixel Hate. Well, I, I've heard rumors. Uh, um, I mean, he kind of took over the biggest radio show in, in England. Um, Zane Lowe's show on BBC Radio 1 and he played my music on it which was quite flattering um, he did say I needed to get out more but um, <laughs> uh, that's fair enough um, he, he took over the show and he, he, you know, he said uh, this guy's quite interesting and uh, I made him some software um, for Game Boy, I can't discuss what it does, it's top secret um, but yeah he's, he's an amazing bloke, extremely passionate about music and I got to sit down and, and chat with him about music so so that I always love talking to other musicians. You know, I'll, I'll quite happily talk to them for hours about about um, what can be done and what we could do together. And um, yeah, I, th- I think um, I'm, I'm hoping one day that we'll we'll work together. I mean, and for and the revolution, I was meant to be teaming up um, with a lot of different artists, but a lot of schedules came into play. A lot of other people were releasing albums um, around similar times, so it it kind of got all a bit stop and the the revolution had to be done by me and my, me alone and I, I think that's fair enough and I think it was quite good for me because having me do vocals was very weird um, and amusing especially for my kids um, <laughs> to watch um, me kind of try and do these um, pop vocals um, while sitting in the living room um, working on my laptop uh, so yeah it's, it was kind of left up to me to do the revolutionising bit and um, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be working with a few people soon. I, I want I want to um, work with a few people on kind of more EPs. So I don't just do one-off tracks with them, but I do about four tracks with each person. I think that would be good. It'd be very weird to take on board other people's opinions. So. <laughs> Who's uh, someone that you haven't uh, ever discussed collaborating with that you'd want to say most collaborate with, like a dream collaboration? <laughs> oh gosh, I really like '80s hip hop. Yeah. I really like people like um, Eric Sherman and Rakim. Nice. I really like. I quite, I quite like also people like um, Karen O from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Um, but this is like you know really big wish list here. In all <laughs> fairness, um, and that, that's fair enough. Um, but there's, I mean, I'd I'd quite like, I'd quite like to team up with almost anybody to see what the outcome would be. You know, I'm not completely aimed at creating commercial music I'm just here to make interesting things more than anything and you know if, if I've got time then I, I quite like to do it with anybody you know it's mm. it's a good thing to do but yeah Eric B and Rakim would be great <laughs> like where what what do you really foresee as your next big project now that uh, Obsolete and, and The Revolution are are out there. Um, well, I want. As I said I want to do some kind of EPs with individual artists and kind of really kind of mix it up and stretch stretch out what chiptune music is. I mean, I've kind of taken chiptune music all the way as far back as I possibly could with the, with the machines, um, and I'm using very very current machines like the DS to make chiptunes. So. The, the next thing for me would be to start invading other genres <laughs> um, and um, start kind of collecting them. Um, so I'm quite, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm working on this massive concerto for handheld device, which is driving um, 
my family mental because um, programming it, you can hear it coming from upstairs again and again and again, and it's really, really hard work um, to get this this orchestra to work with um, with a with a, a lone Game Boy player or or shall I say handheld device? Sorry, because I don't think I can Game Boy. Um, but yeah, it's. I think that's going to be one of my big projects. I'm doing more kind of uh, art sound project, a thing called Call and Response, where I just run into... It's not chiptune music, but it's very um, it's very arty. It's very, yeah, I'm running into a room, and wh- whatever sounds I make while running around this room, I chop up and sample and turn into music. But, um, yeah, more software, more music. I, I mean, as soon as And the Revolution was finished, I started the next album, um, because when I kind of took that weird break and did Obsolete, it kind of threw me out a bit and it was very hard to get going with Under Revolution again and then everybody's schedules kind of messed things up so as soon as Under Revolution went live on the web I I started on the next album and um, I'm very excited about it (laughs) already so yeah And the Revolution uh, uh, doesn't have a physical release you said you had been looking into the um, detrimental side of producing actual physical CD albums Uh, could you go into that a bit? Um, yeah, I was I was really um, happy um, when I got my second album, Boy With Lose Your Heart, professionally printed. And it all looks really, really nice and glossy and everything. But when it arrived, it arrives on a faceless kind of pallet truck. And then, shazam, you've got all these thousands of pieces of plastic with your name on it. And I really felt terrible about that. I actually cried because I thought, this is, this is quite horrible that I've kind of committed myself to producing this stuff and I just thought you know I don't want to sound preachy I just I'm quite happy just to change my own music in the way I distribute it so I thought I'm not going to do it (laughs) Hmm. you know it it might affect my sales in some kind of areas like shops and so on but I don't I just really don't want to see loads of pieces of plastic with my name on it you know yeah how do you feel that uh, digital distribution has affected the, the concept of the album, such as uh, like album art and uh, liner notes, etc., kind of getting kicked to the curb for just the I, uh, the music itself? I think, yeah, they have suffered because album art is really important. You can do amazing things with it. But um, I, I, I think also with distribu- you know, digital media that you can distribute, you can distribute you know more things with it. You could essentially distribute software with it. You could... I mean, I was quite tempted with Under Revolution to make little cut-out figures to to have on like mm. a, a GIF file for you to print off and cut them out. But everybody I, I loves papercraft. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different things. I mean, it's, I I just didn't do, want to do it with my music. I can't go around and say, hey, you know, let's use all these old machines and reuse them and keep them going and create think new things out of that on one hand and then on the other hand well, actually let's waste loads of plastic on my album I, I didn't think that kind of fitted with my ethos so I, I thought I'd change that yeah actually it occurs to me that you can go further back you could do <laughs> difference engines you could do Babbage's <laughs> whatever that um, was you could do an abacus <laughs> well, well uh, I, the, the oldest machine that I used on um on obsolete was about 1880. Whoa! Um, that was a, a wind-up calculator. Um, no. It was used on 20, um, 03 to 2009, 2000. And what that that the, that track is is actually 
the date of that performance um, put into the calculator and I wind it up and the rhythm that it creates is the basis for that piece of music that's super cool yeah that's absolutely. that's why the next day the music is slightly different wow oh wow yeah so that I'll, I'll I'll send hex the uh, the the lovely 32 page um, <laughs> report for him to, to kind of peruse and um that does sound uh, really cool. Have you have you been able to expand on like the uh, elaborate concept of obsolete anywhere? As in, like, are there? I, I don't. I I've downloaded the album and I don't have a, a physical CD of it. Are there like liner notes elaborating on all the amazing ways that you produced this album? No, I think I will publish the kind of essay um, soon for people to read and kind of think, "Gosh, you have too much free time." <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was a lot of work, and I, I don't think I mean people who were there at the performance who saw the the videos that went along with it, which I'm hoping to get online soon in its complete entire entirety for people to see. Um, kind of, they were quite shocked of how much how much time and and kind of understanding of these machines went into it, and I think that um, the 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 people at the museum absolutely loved it because I was I was quite terrified because I. I got to go in there, use all these wonderful machines that they repaired and restored and brought back to life. And I really, you know, respect those volunteers who work there. And I was quite worried that they wouldn't like it. Um, and it was like opening night and all the you know, huge crowd there. And I was, I wasn't, I was worried about them. I was worried about the, the guys who work on the machines mm. thinking, you know, you know, some of these guys worked on the machines for like 40 years or something ridiculous and some of them. So I wanted to kind of put across my respect that I have for them and they, they really enjoyed it which was really awesome and it's very very funny to hear them play it in their car when they dri- drive up to the museum and you can hear like you know my music is playing in their car and I just think that's weird but that's cool wow. it's good well um, thank you so much for uh, for this opportunity for uh, for us to interview man I, I realize quite all right. <laughs> you're you're such a you're a busy guy you're on BBC like every other week now <laughs> Is he personally on BBC every other week? Are you are you on there speaking every other week or just music? I'm, I'm I get interviewed quite a lot. Um, I mean, I, I, one thing I'd, I'd quite like to say it's um, quite amusing. I don't know if you remember the CNN article that went out a few about almost a year ago now. I definitely do. Yeah, I, I got a lot of stick for that. They're <laughs> saying, you know, who does this pixel hate think he is? Chip two music won't get into the charts. <laughs> and uh, all I can say to that is um, Larue. <laughs> I actually did have a question because it seems like <laughs> at least in the the New York scene of chip tunes they have yep. this very iconoclastic response to the idea of chip tunes becoming mainstream and yeah. it it seems that you're you're kind of working against that feeling that yes I, it I, can I, be I I will I'm I'm not part of any treehouse I'll always do my own thing essentially um I I kind of think I make music for people to listen to if it goes mainstream bonus if it you know if it if it just stays underground then fine i'm just really all i care about is the music i don't care about this you've sold out because you're on this show or this or whatever the only person that can judge if you sold out is yourself and um what you want to achieve with your music is is in your own mind and i think i mean there there have been plenty of offers and plenty of you know, kind of opportunities for me to kind of sell out chip to music, and I've turned them down because I'm purely interested in doing interesting work. I'm, you know, 
I don't want to be on top of the pops or in the charts. You know, I, I know what that world's like. A lot of my friends inhabit that world, and I think it's all very amusing to watch, but I don't want to be a part of it. Right. Um, I, I really, I, I mean, Chipsy music is going to get big. It was, it's going to get bigger and bigger, especially here in the UK. I mean, it's in like some of the, the alt, um, alternative magazines that we have. It's, um, We've got a three-page article in a mainstream magazine over here, which is fantastic. So yeah, it's getting bigger. It's certainly getting bigger. And I'm going to help that. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Well, thank you so much. Do you have any uh, last words for uh, our listeners? Um, yeah, sorry I don't reply to all the emails. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm quite busy. Um, but I, I, do, I do try and listen to a lot of your demos and a lot of your MySpace pages. And keep it up. Um, all you know, all good. You know, all music will help Chipsy Music. You know, it'll help it along. So keep it up. But as I say, I don't have time to reply to every single email and MP3 I get sent. So yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we will definitely keep, uh, talk to you soon. Everyone, check it out at to check out uh, Pixel Hate's music at Pixel Hate P I X E L H eight dot C O dot U K.
we're back. What we just listened to was uh, Then Go to 1980 by Pixel Hate, followed by You Were Born to Save the World by Pixel Hate, and then Winter Death by Fighter X. And before our interview, we listened to uh, FX LP by Mr. Spastic, followed by Showdown in the Disco by Pixel Hate. Mm. What kind of Pixel Hate show is this? A Pixel Hate one? I, I think um, now that I will look at chiptunes as just an instrumentation. My uh, horizons have been broadened. Yeah, seriously, because now I thought that was the genre, and that was probably my biggest stumbling block. And maybe people would uh, do well to consider Pixel Hate's uh, words about that. Yeah, because thesis. Now, now I just need to like figure out which uh, style of tipped chip tunes I want to. Probably dance. That's yeah. what I want. You're an energetic fellow. Yeah, I like, <laughs> I like to dance and I know. Well, take my groin on things, gentlemen. <laughs> God, <laughs> get it off. <laughs> Let's okay. Not that way. <laughs> oh. Well, Let's talk I'm about ready to sweaty go. groins and itchy trigger fingers. I'm ready. I just got I'll some amazing you. news right now, and I had to share it with everyone. Oh, screw you. What is this? <laughs> yes, I have a Google Wave invite, everyone. Oh, yippee. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so. It is from my amazing friend, Larry Fine, also known as Data Vortex, who is a big You're fan of Nerd of Larry Fine? Well, it's, I don't think it's the real Larry Fine. It's just... Uh, it's, he's a programmer that comes to Nerdapalooza. Okay. He's got an in... He actually works at Google. So uh, oh. so he's got a, a So mad, he's been really stingy, you're a fancy man. He's got a mad hookup. So now you've got Google Wave. Yes, I do. Because you're checking your email on the air. Well, man, that is rude. No one would... I would not do that on my phone. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't look at videos or... Quiet, <laughs> you liar-type people. Have you heard about the, the, the goggle mail? Goggle the, mail? It's pronounced Google. No, 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 no. It's, it's a, called Gmail. It came out a few years ago. No, it's Welcome a, to 2002. It's a new feature for Google Mail, and they're going to, in the late hours of the morning, mm. when you're probably drunk, mm-hmm. and you are sending love letters to your ex-girlfriend. As I do. It's going to demand you do simple math problems. <laughs> <laughs> and give you a time limit. I, like, can like, I turn this on and off? Yes. Thank you. I can turn it on forever. <laughs> yeah, I need it all the time. I drink. I don't care what time it is. And then I get all hopped up on, on alcohols. And I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen of the world who get my emails. But there will be math to stop me now. So I, I hope I can get it for my phone and my mouth. Yeah, it would be great if you could get that for just talking. <laughs> you could. Seven plus ten. Ah! <laughs> uh, uh, guess ah, guess but I'm sorry not. for for introdu- uh, interrupting our video game music section with uh, or video game not music <laughs> just video games video section game with uh, with tech. Gonk. I'm a chiptunes artist now. Beep-a-da-boop. Oh, you know Gonk. what? You know what we need to do is uh, you know those guys, the beatbox guys oh, with their mouth. Chiptunes that. Oh, chipbox. Yeah, chipbox. Chipbox. <laughs> this will never get annoying. <laughs> what has science wrought? This is, yeah. It's me, 12 years old, using dial-up to look at porn in the middle of the night and hoping my mom doesn't hear the modem going. <laughs> she, ne- she probably heard, just yeah. didn't care. She probably watched. Uh, I- <laughs> no! It's music to my rear. Goodbye. <laughs> I didn't even sign in. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I just gotta change your preferences around there. <laughs> I, I put some uh, red dwarf waves in my AOL. Um, it was pretty slick. 
<laughs> so, I had some Looney Tunes waves. <laughs> all I knew is that you went to the uh, Nintendo Treehouse and you clicked under Diddy Kong's hat to get into the uh, to the secret area where all the codes live. Can you still do that on AOL? <laughs> <laughs> is AOL still around? Yes. <laughs> Uh, Mightier than ever. It, it is the <laughs> safest way to view the internet. Safe for the little ears. <laughs> nice. Does it come just on CD still, and like you don't even need to plug it into a, a computer? A free 10 million hours. Yeah. So, yeah, um, man. Free for longer than the half-life of the universe. So is there any video games? There are video games <laughs> in the uh, world. Since uh, when? Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 came out. That mm. is not going to sell. That's my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Move on! According to what I've heard, <laughs> yeah. it could be the largest game launch in history. I think that beats out Halo 3, um, which would be pretty pretty substantial. Um, now, uh, our, our friends at the Oviedo branch of Play and Trade threw a massive party with uh, food and music and um, uh, pre-release um, tournament shenanigans. Also oh, guns and human hunting. Yeah, it was... It was pretty fly, so I hear tell, and uh, you can look for, forward to more cool things from them in the future because uh, they've got a, they've got an eye on how to promote video games. But um, I actually checked out uh, Modern Warfare Two this afternoon, played it a bit. Um, I played the first one, and I was really impressed with how like cinematic the gameplay was. It was like a Tom Clancy novel as opposed to a game based on like a Tom Clancy concept. It was like brilliant. The first game opens with you in the first person perspective of a uh, hostage being taken to the gallows in a Middle Eastern country and you're in the back seat of a car and it's driving through this city and you're watching people be executed and people be hunt, uh, hunted down because you're in the middle of a coup. Uh, and it was, I was so impressed. And you go, you take that first person perspective all the way to the noose. Um, and it, it was, I mean, I came away from that a changed person. I, I was like, this is cinematic gameplay. This is what the future is about. And the game itself was really brilliant. Um, Modern Warfare 2 doesn't start off as impactful there. You start off with a training stage, it's pretty rudimentary, you kind of have a Middle Eastern conflict, whatever. The title, the titles are a bunch of what looks like, I don't know, internet stuff and some allusions to things that had happened in the first game. Uh, however, upon the second level, things get really heated up. You do, it starts off with some ice climbing, you've got some ice picks, you're climbing up, you're jumping across precipices. It Jump leads... over polar bears with sunglasses and swim trunks on. Yeah. Are you wearing a blue parka? Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then your friend's wearing a, a magenta parka. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, ends, it ends as a snowmobile chase. I felt like I was living a James Bond film. It was fast-paced and crazy. And the level after that was one I'd been hearing about. I was hearing rumors about a level where you play as terrorists mowing down innocent civilians in an airport. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. That is true. Awesome. Murder simulator finally. <laughs> About time. It, it's a you killer graphic. You know, I need I have these urges and I need to get them out somewhere. And <laughs> some of them are violent. All of them. Well, ultimately, okay. Sexual and yeah. violent and violently sexual. Yeah, uh, you know, the whole it's game. Popery. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's amazing. That isn't even the most fucked up thing that happens. I mean, it's maybe the most fucked up thing that happens in the game, but it's not the most intense thing that oh, happens wow. in the game so far. I mean, I'm I'm by no means making my way through the game. I'm just, I only played it for a couple hours. Um, but a couple levels later, after you play an amazing level in Brazil, um, then you are... Something serious goes down. I don't want to screw up the plot or anything, but... Like this is an alternate reality this, that these games take place in. The United States has inf uh, an incident takes place that actually provokes a war, and the United States is actually attacked. 
Wow. And you are in Northern Virginia, what I presume is Arlington, with a military squad, and you're going through neighborhoods and taking uh, shelter in TGI Friday parodies, and you are shooting up Burger Kings, and there are parachutes streaming down over the city, and it is like the apocalypse. <laughs> it is Red Dawn. Oh, oh it hell made, yeah! It made my hair stand up. Wolverine. Wow. <laughs> Shit. Awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. That's how good this game is. I, when I when I had this um, terrible job working at this uh, bookstore, um, I, a comic shop. No, no, not not that one. It was the one prior to that. I won't say their the name. The one that stocks a ton of manga and kids sit in the aisles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll use a uh, a, a, code. a pseudonym. Okay. Um, Narns and Bobel. Okay? <laughs> I think he means borders. <laughs> <laughs> so when I worked at Narns and Bobel... Uh, that should be the new name of it. <laughs> Narns and Bobel. Yeah, there was the alternate history section kind of near the fantasy science fiction stuff. There was actually a section? Did it have a title card on the top? Not, a, not on the top, but on the, on the little oh, wow. thing. You could see it, and it looked really kind of neat, like all these alternate... There's an entire book series where different wars took place differently, and I was like, whoa, this is cool. And I yeah. was like, man, if I didn't hate my life because I work at Narns and Bobel, I might enjoy reading again someday. I haven't gotten there yet. But See, I hate alternate history. Yeah? And I do everything I can to squash it everywhere I go. It's true, because there's a lot of real history in Robo. It, it is the real history. <laughs> all of it. It's all real. Yeah. The robot part. Get educated. The, the Get anal- atomic the, robo. <laughs> all all the, the monsters and the, and the, and the, the, the punchings. Mm-hmm. It's all real. It's all really <laughs> Not how your Americanized history books tell it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. It's true. And little known fact that the Ninja Turtles are responsible for Hitler's death. It's true. <laughs> he, he did not, in fact, blow his brains out uh, for How the reason he get all these turtles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's actually a paradox because before, Hit- before the incident happened, Hitler's brain was intact. And Hitler's brain then went back in time and, uh, and interacted with Hitler trying to change the outcome of World War II. It's a true story. You cannot trust Hitler's brain. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't know why they keep it around. Thank the good lord for those turtles. <laughs> Seriously. That's... I <laughs> saved the day again. He, he, I mean, they're just good guys. Heroes in half That story's in Future Tense, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a good trade-out. You might still be able to get copies of it. It's called Future Tense. It's where that happens. It happens. Uh, Raphael punches Hitler in the face and says, for the millions. Damn right. <laughs> yeah. That's a... Not a good book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Modern Warfare 2 is awesome, but... And while there's a fake war attacking America in, um, in that game, there's some real serious things kind of attacking the world. And this isn't really branch video games, but we're going to kind of smush things up a little bit and resume our main video game discussion of cool things that are exciting and make you feel good after the next break. Um, it's recently come to light that the Anti-Counterfeiting Trade Agreement Conference in Seoul, Korea, uh, that the uh, U.S., the European Union, Japan, Korea, Canada, Australia, and a few other countries have been secretly negotiating a global copyright treaty. Mm. If gone through, this international agreement would be effectively a global DMCA. That's the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. The that kinda, sucks. Yeah. It, it basically takes what the U.S. instituted in the late 90s uh, that was kind of fascist nonsense internet control and uh, appropriates it all over the world. Hmm. Um, they, uh, they'd be able to police the internet on the whole with anti-circumvention rules, liability for ISPs, and the possibility of three strikes in your out requirements. Uh, Boing Boing, uh, which is a terrific news source, had these descriptions. Um, 
ISPs have to proactively police copyright on user-contributed material, so it'll be impossible to run a service like Flickr or YouTube or Blogger since hiring enough lawyers to ensure that the mountain of material uploaded every second isn't infringing, uh, you know, the any hope of possibility and all... Sorry, that got jumbled up. Anyway, it's it's basically making things that you take for granted, like YouTube and Flickr, very complicated and maybe even annihilate them, which, of course, would point to this not happening the way that we expect it to happen. But the point is there's some rich weirdos trying to, you know, who have a narrow perspective enough that they're trying to force some things down your throat. Uh, also, the whole world must adopt U.S.-style notice and takedown rules that require ISPs yeah. to remove any material that is accused without evidence or I don't trial like this. of infringing copyright. I don't like any of this. Yeah. This well. is... This is bullshit. Uh, lastly, and this is the one that kind of affects the, the individual, mandatory prohibitions on breaking DRM, even if doing so for a law- lawful purpose, ergo, to make work available to disabled people for archival preservation because you own the copyrighted work that is locked up with the DRM. Uh, you know, you can get penalized for this. You can get, you know, fines, jail, everything. This is idiotic. Yeah. This is the dumbest thing I've heard in a very this is, long time. This is what the nation's uh, leaders are discussing. This or, is what the industry is paying them to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Through. This is idiotic. And uh, the uh, the last depressing stroke of things is that, uh, uh, as Hex mentioned, you want you want to cover this. This is uh, the the Game Boy. Oh yeah, the um, happy news first. The happy news is that uh, recently, last week, I think, uh, the Game Boy uh, made it into the National uh, Toy Hall of Fame. Finally, after like twenty years. Yeah. What else is in the National Toy Hall of Fame? Just the Game Boy. <laughs> like but, they just started it. I mean, I can look it up, bro. I'll, I, Howdy I, Doody, and like a wooden duck. Yeah. <laughs> and like that, that that little stick with the cup and the ball. Yeah. And string. Stick ball. And the yeah. seesaw. Yeah. And well, uh, that's what the uh, president of uh, Venezuela, Hugo Chavez, thinks should be promoted, as opposed to. Video games, which on the same day the Game Boy was inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, violent video games were made illegal in Venezuela. Of course, yeah. the term violent is sketchy and ill-described. So they just said all. Yeah. Uh, punishment up to five years in jail. And there's... Um, Wait, no video games at all? No. What about... No. No. <laughs> They you, also, you can't jump also on the, turtles. That that squashes the turtles. That what kills a, the turtles. What about uh, ping pong? Nope. Nope. This also happens in the same uh, like the same swoop where they banned all violent toys. Yeah, it was all all violent toys. I, I read about this. It was all violent toys. So all, all fake guns, squirt guns, anything that was a gun. Hula hoops. Hula hoops. Very dangerous. Yes. GI Joe, which is in the National Toy Hall of Fame. Mm. <laughs> Well, there's a, um, there's a... I think also Hugo Chavez would have also banned Monopoly. <laughs> well, yeah. Which is also in the National Toy Hall of Fame. I'm looking at the, the list right here. Candyland, Barbie. The ball. The ball. The ball. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd they attribute the invention of that to? Uh, you know there's, no, you know, there's no... There's no... You know what's even registered. better? The stick. Is it in the, It is. Stick. 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 Oh, stick. there it is right there. Stick. Stick. This is the greatest organization <laughs> Wow, the stick, the stick may be the world's oldest toy. Animals play with stick, and we use them to play fetch with our dogs. Well, why haven't they inducted the imagination? <laughs> yeah. Or what about my penis? Oh, <laughs> kids my love penis. your penis. Kids love my penis. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Thank well, God for the editing. There's a... <laughs> there, there's a, um, uh, a fellow named uh, Guido Nunez Muhaka... Uh, from Venezuela, who wrote a essay that is um, hosted on Boing Boing, um, mm-hmm. 
and it is uh, really poignant. Uh, this is a, um, a quote from it. Uh, if I get fined for writing this, Article 13, promoting the use of violent video games, that's what he'd get um, fined for. So be it. If I go to jail because I can carry I carry ROMs on my hard drive and an R4 card from my brother next time I return to the country, so be it. But I'd rather go to jail than betray the gamer culture, partially responsible for making me the person I am today. Oh, snap. <laughs> the and murderous person this, that you uh, This essay is really well written. This guy is uh, you know, speaking out, and uh, it's, um, it's amazing. We're gonna, <sighs> there's a link to that um, in, uh, on the post on nerdyshow.com. Well, to uh, to emphasize how uh, how violent games are, I'm going to play some Chor- Chuck Norris Tendo. And while you're doing that, I'm going to be punching Mike in the face. Oh, awesome. I'm going to be receiving punches and getting a boner. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brand new track from a Super Powerless from the UK. This is Chuck Norris Tendo. Enjoy. Come here. Yay, daddy! <laughs>
we're back. What we just listened to was Running in the 90s, the cover by Saber Pulse uh, from his release Turbo City. And before that was uh, 8-Bit Bandit's uh, Star Warsian tribute called uh, Asterix 7. And uh, Mike was showing us why uh, his argument for why the penis should be inducted no. into the National it, Hall No, it, it needs I, to be. Kids, uh, that, what do kids play with more? They play with their penis more than anything. Yes. I mean, I play with my penis more than anything. I know. And, and, God damn it. And I, I play know. with other people's penises. Yeah, speaking and... of which, we got to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. You can't take... After the show. <laughs> Not my favorite toy, man. <laughs> I have important news. Um, I just want everyone to know that the Alvin and Chipmunks movie will be getting a squeakle. <laughs> and it's called Alvin and Chip God Chipmunks. Damn the it, squeakle. I, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, um, Yeah. You didn't know that? That's, that's old news, man. Uh, man, I, I steer clear. I, I, I was walking through the uh, movie theater, I saw that poster, and I committed seppuku. I'm, in fact, a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I didn't want to ask any embarrassing questions. You, you, you were looking a little, uh, little Dead. see-through. And, yeah. yeah. It's okay. Cool, Check this out. Oh, yeah. that, dude. That, dude, that I wish we had the really webcam, because that was oh, really... Oh, I'm sorry. You, are we not allowed to do that? He doesn't it like feels it. weird, man. It's it's just it's like you know how like sometimes you you almost get hit in the nuts. It feels like that, but all over. Really, uh, I hate that <laughs> it's feeling. Uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it really, like it really sucks. It's not as bad. I as mean, getting hit and in the nuts, you know, most people don't want to do it because your hands get all sticky. But Brian's yeah. rubbing it on his face. Well, <laughs> it's kind of warm. It's me. <laughs> Ectogism. Mm. Oh, so um, when Lucas were when Lucas Arts was reworking the Secret of Monkey Island for the special edition, right, right, they found a ton of deleted and extended Go? dialogue in the code. They're what? like, like they it was left in there. It, they have like, they don't you know necessarily know what was going to be visually, but they found scenes and stuff that uh, were extended or completely removed. And uh, Lucas Arts has made this available um, the the text of it on their website. You can uh, check that out nerdyshow.com. Um, and uh, it's it's really neat. There's um there's a bunch of industry in jokes. Uh, there's something about an item called stump balm, which I assume all pirates with missing limbs need. <laughs> um, I need some stump balm. I'll tell you what. There's, there's some pretty funny stuff in there. It's it's really it's really great. Um, and uh, you know that game you can download the special edition now. Uh, and it's got the revival with the new chapters. Speaking of revivals, a certain uh, caveman is getting a. Uh, revival game. Is it Captain Caveman? It's not Captain Caveman. Oh. Try again. Who's, is, who's up? Uh, big Nose. Bonk. Bonk. It's Bonk. bonk. Oh, yeah! Bonk is oh. back. I still had Joe and Mac to go through. <laughs> Those but. were great games. Also Chuck Rock. <laughs> Chuck Rock. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so dig this. Uh, bonk, Brink of Extinction. It's coming out spring on Xbox, PlayStation, and Wii uh, for download. Mm, okay. Um, there are three worlds with 30 levels total. Damn. It's a classic side-scroller oh, rendered man. in 3D. Is he still hitting shit with his head? I bet. God damn it, his name is Bonk. What else <laughs> is he going to do? Well, do you know what Zonk does? I, are you familiar with Air Zonk? Okay, you got me. <laughs> Air Zonk is uh, Bonk's uh, great, descendant. Great, great, great descendant. Hundreds of years in the future. Like, maybe, maybe thousands. Yeah, yeah, thousands have to be. Yeah, and uh, it is a crazy rail shooter for the Turbo CD. <laughs> what? I vaguely remember You're this. You're a big-headed space. Is there like board. a lightning bolt on his uh-huh. head? Yeah. yeah, you can download wow. it on uh, on Wii, and it is a really fun game. Really, really, I even remember really that. solid because it's good. He and was the uh, like spokesperson for the Turbo Duo CD. I think I, maybe well, I who knows? I don't know where you get your information. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And other in other downloadable news, we talked a couple episodes ago about Resident Evil 5, the alternative edition, which is for PS3. I wasn't here for that. Is that the version where you don't uh, kill people because you're a big, huge racist? No. No, no, no. You do kill people, unless uh, unless there's something that I don't know about. Uh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> and you kill people using the forthcoming PS uh, wand, the, yeah. the Wii knockoff thing that they debuted. It is their totally original idea that they totally had first and just didn't tell anybody about. Yeah. I mean, you can use two of them in the same hand. That's crazy. Um, So, that's coming out in the spring in Japan, and this game's coming out in the spring in Japan. Don't know when it's coming out in the U.S. exactly, but when it does, oh, it also also comes with a two-hour long uh, Chris and Jill prequel Mm. to to Resident Evil 5. Um, When it's released in the U.S. and Europe, it will be as a DLC, the alternative edition. Like really? the, the expansion with the code to use, you know, the, the new um, peripheral and with the expanded content. And this is based on a uh, user poll held by Capcom. Huh. So it's pretty cool. That's that good. Cool. I don't want to rebuy the game. They don't want you to. They don't want you to go to GameStop and you know sell your used game. Yeah. But uh, you know, I thought that was pretty neat. As far as innovation goes, new peripherals and things. Making all these really set these stupid segues, they sound obnoxious. As far as you know, and connecting them. Mm, well, let me just jump in. Danny Harrison, George Harrison's son, who looks exactly like him. Oh, I know this. Um, he uh, said something. He said something. He said some. He dropped a bomb. Yeah. Kaboom. He's you know he's a big fan of harmonics. He's worked yeah. directly with them a lot, and he's solely responsible in a lot of ways for Beatles Rock Band happening. Um, he said he's directly working on Rock Band Three, and is quote. Making the controllers more real so people can actually learn how to play music while playing the game. Give me a couple of years, it's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, that's some big news. Yeah, he right just, there. he just, like, no one said anything official about Rock Band 3. And, and so, I guess we won't see it for a couple of years. I, yeah, that sounds, I'm fine with that. Until you know? then, we're going to have the Who Rock Band. Did you hear about that, Brian? I did not hear about that. Yeah, uh, Roger uh, Daltrey dropped that in an interview. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. Uh, when are we going to get Zep? Yeah, that's that's what we need. But there's, we're gonna get Johnny Cash. You got to change a lot of people's opinions <laughs> gotta, to make you got to change some some cranky yeah. old men's yeah. opinions. Of... But in the meantime, a cranky young man. Uh, the uh, White Stripes have come out this week. Yeah, uh, inexplicably. I still don't have a good explanation for why he hates Rock Band so much. But it's available for DLC. But uh, I just think the labels money. the labels are like we get money, and he's like no, and they're like we don't care. <laughs> Keep talking. We want money. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think it's kind of obvious to tell why, like, Jack White is like, nah, bah, bah, bah. he has a massive ego. That movie, there will it will be loud, or it might be loud, whatever it's called, <laughs> where it's the Legends of Rock is how they're billing it, and it's the Edge from U2. There's uh, Jimmy Page and him. Well, he's isn't he, like, getting taught by them is the premise? I know, because it, <laughs> it, it bills him as a legend already. And I'm looking at that, I'm like, really? This is the Legends of Rock? That you'd, is, ra- you'd rather have The Edge than, that oh, is really I don't know, Eric Clapton? But he actually is a legend already. Though. He is good. He's really I'd good. Say, I'm he's not fun. saying he's, he's not good. I'm I, just I, saying... He's really annoying. I'm just saying he's not Jimmy Page. I gotta, I gotta oh, back yeah. up Hex. Yeah. I'm say, and I'm saying, like, a, but Eric Clapton should be on there. That's all I'm saying. You know, Eric Clapton. Maybe he's <laughs> too busy being legendary. <laughs> Eric Clapton seems like the kind of guy who just wants nothing to do with a movie like that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um... Uh, well, you know, we, we really like Rock Band, and we really don't like Activision's games. Boo! As, take that, Activision! As anyone who listens to this show regularly knows. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, Activision's pissed off more people than Nerdy Show. Um, they've actually pissed off Courtney Love and <laughs> Hold on, the way, I, I just Wait. want to pause that sentence. I like that. Instead of, it's like, instead of 
Activism has pissed off more people than us. It's like they pissed off more people than we have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what he sounded like. I pissed off a lot of people. And I was like, dang, they pissed off a lot of people. We got to one-up this. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, let's up our game. Yo. All right, you know, okay, I'm going to go down the list of races I don't like. Right. <laughs> Everybody who ain't white. <laughs> that's, that's the top of my list. <laughs> America. And next on that list, white people. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. Oh. Wait, wait, flip my list. I hate white people the most. <laughs> then I hate everyone who ain't white. I hate them honkies. <laughs> <laughs> I kill all the chalkies if you ask me. <laughs> Dean, did all you right. call your dad a honky? <laughs> awesome. The Adventure Brothers season four is so good. Be by the way, and you know what? You know what? I know what's really good about it? Uh, limited Brock exposure. Ooh. Oh, so Brock he's, is special he, again. He's mysterious again. Finally. Yay! Yeah, they're, they're, less, they're really yeah. ilking it out. I'm getting a little tired of Sergeant Hatred, but I do like him as a character. Yeah, he's he's fine. He's fine. What I like is uh, twenty one. Yeah, he is crazy. <laughs> 21 is crazy awesome right now. So, Courtney Love and Gwen Stefani are pissed off at Activision. And blonde. And very, blonde? very good, yes. Michael. And <laughs> crazy. Apparently, uh, you know, we played uh, DJ Hero and Grandmaster Flash is in there yeah. as an avatar that you can select. Oh, I and, know what uh, you're, you're angry about. Oh, yeah. they're angry and, about. Uh, and uh, uh, Daft Punk is in there as, as avatars. Well, apparently the avatar things carried over in other games. I don't know. I stopped following the yeah, Guitar Hero and, franchise. And you can unlock the... Um, characters the uh, the musicians and you can unlock Kurt Cobain and you can play as oh God. you can play as Kurt Cobain I, didn't, the video. I did not know that and, and this is what Courtney Love's mad about oh I thought, is, I thought she was in there herself. no she's not in there oh, okay she's, she's also mad about that I'm they, sure <laughs> she would probably just like take her underwear off and do a bunch of drugs but like <laughs> um <laughs> one before the other <laughs> not necessarily and so uh but yeah yeah uh, you can play as Kurt so you can play as Kurt playing other people's music, and so then, so then he lip syncs to these other, other people's singing. Which is which and, is creepy. I mean, yeah, admittedly, Courtney Love doesn't know jack about video games. Otherwise, she wouldn't have agreed to this. And maybe the same thing for Gwen Stefani too. But that is their beef. Yeah, they're upset that their unlockable avatars for Guitar Hero Five and Band Hero perform songs from other genres. Apparently, the the uh, the contract with No Doubt and and Gwen Stefani was that they would only play their music. Oh, and now that they're playing other people's music because they're completely unlockable, yeah. they're yeah. upset. Um, and from my understanding, that's the same thing with with Kurt. Yeah. Was that Courtney Love only signed away his likeness because it, it's fine for him to play his own music, get kids into Nirvana. That's yeah. great. But like, no, when he when he is performing uh, Johnny Cash or whatever else is in that game, yeah. she she gets really upset and does a bunch of drugs and takes her underwear <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't uh, my, like Courtney Love. Like you spend, I love Kurt Cobain. You spent a ton of money buying uh, very rare Disney games for the NES. Absolutely. You bought DuckTales 2, Chippendales 2, Darkwing Duck, and Little Mermaid, less rare, but, but so much fun. innovative nonetheless. To put things in bubbles. It's great. It's bubble bobble. <laughs> it's bubble bobble. Yes! I love it! <laughs> and uh, some horizon. You know, back in the day, Capcom made some really uh, terrific Disney games until they until they stopped making terrific Disney games. They started getting lame, like the Aladdin game for uh, Super Nintendo. The one for Genesis, though, was done by Disney Interactive. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And all the uh, the games following that, like Lion King and everything, were really quite good. Nah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Disney games have been like whatever. I mean, like I could care about Disney. I could, I could give a damn uh, for the most part. But there's a Disney game coming out that sounds like some serious shit. Oh yeah! Oh, is it an Epic Mickey? Yes, it is. 
We yeah. talk about Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey is a project that says, you know what? Mickey is nothing but a corporate figurehead. He's just a, a copywritten shape. He hasn't met a character for years. Last yeah. time you saw him anything was Prince and the Popper uh, front-loaded on a Rescuers Down Under. Um, and, and what about the, the House of Mouse? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> was, I don't know or care. It, it was a television show that... Uh, Featured small, which Mickey Mouse hosted a, a like a club. Really? Yeah. And this is it, on cable. Uh, it was on Disney Channel, mm. and, and uh, he would have. Uh, it was after Quack Pack, and really? and even though there was a show in between Quack Pack and this show where the Huey, Dewey, and Louie were de-aged, they were back at their teenager selves, and this is very confusing. And they <laughs> were. Uh, they were the band. They were the, the hip rock band. Wow. They were the Jonas Brothers. And, ex- yeah, except they would parody um, famous bands. Like the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> yes, except those kids weren't even born yet. Oh. And uh, and they would have like funny names that were duck-themed. I didn't know about this. I'd actually like to see that. That sounds, oh. that sounds The Duckus Brothers. But so <laughs> so they, they want... Love it! <laughs> Print it! Yeah. <laughs> Prince money. Macaroni! Uh-huh. Um, so they've... Um, they, they want to return Mickey to being a character again and this, yeah. this is Epic Mickey is where it's happening Mickey's gonna be like uh, a real character again like a scamp like kind of a, a rapscallion a, a lovable endearing like mischievous motherfucker basically and Good. and this game is mining off of like really old and eclectic Disney cartoons in does it fact, have his weird cousins in it those weird two mice like like Morty and, and something things I've heard about this game are so weird it's likely to here's here's the cousin oh, the quote cousin that is a fucking shocker. The creation that Walt Disney made before Mickey Mouse, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, the Lucky Rabbit, who is tied up in uh, legal legal disputes with Warner Brothers for decades, is in this game as Mickey's lost relation. Uh, so that is genetically odd. <laughs> I will just say that it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Definitely odd. I I was under the impression he got the dip. That wasn't that in in continuity that he got the dip. <laughs> the dip. Yeah, he I, got. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got the dip. I'm pretty sure that's in, in continuity. And the uh, the promo image is really insane. It's a stark, sinister image, and it's it's you got like this whirlwind that's pushing the ink off of Mickey. Huh? Yeah. It, is Mickey still the mayor of Toontown as he was in um, <laughs> in uh, in Bonkers? I don't know. And, he's uh, shirtless right now. He looks like his old hardcore self. I think he's the, the mayor on. of something quite quite amazing and badass. And here's the reason this game is so good. It's helmed by Warren Spector, who created Deus Ex and Thief. He also worked on Ultima. Um, uh, and so he is, um, he wants Mickey to return to form, and he's actually got Disney so excited, based on his project, which is never supposed to be as incredible as it is now. So excited about this project, they're actually thinking about maybe a TV show based on the epic Mickey storyline, or some comic books, things that spin off of how amazing they're making Mickey. Uh, and the other big shocker about this game is it is a Wii exclusive. Whoa! This is really? not like, mind blown. I'm sure I'm like and it, yeah. I mean, it's a property that that as far as like experience goes, everyone wants to make it a cross platform. I'm sure it doesn't hurt that Wii is the most kid friendly system out there. But Warren Spector said, "I the Wii has great technology. No third party is successful using it by themselves. We want to." use everything to its fullest, and the only way we're going to do that is if we make this a game just for the Wii. Jeez. Awesome. And they're using everything. Mickey wields a paintbrush, and I, I think you know where that's going. Oh, like uh, Okagi. Oka- Okami? Okami. That too. Maybe, Both of them. Maybe, maybe just like that. I'm not even sure what he does with it yet, but I mean, yeah. basically, this is a pretty cool game. Word. 
Well, we are going to be jumping back into some chiptunes. This is uh, from the 8-Bit Weezer album release. This is Video Game Orchestra's uh, Belmont's uh, Revisal of Island in the Sun. Enjoy. Na 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 na.
song Hipster Hoax, and right before that was Dr. Octorock's 8-bit version of The Price is Right. I'm so hungry, I could eat an Octorock. <laughs> Can't wait to bomb some Dodongos. <laughs> um, but boy. <laughs> I, uh, Shale Riley, uh, that song Hipster Hoax, you may realize, uh, notice, was has been the least chip tunesy song of this entire show so far. The reason I chose well, I it... I guess I had noticed. Uh, <laughs> the reason I chose it is uh, I recently uh, reviewed the album that's from uh, Songs from the Pit. Uh, on Monday, uh, for uh, Twitter's Music Monday, and uh, it's I really liked how subtle the Chiptunes was used in that album, and opposed to like other album, uh, other stuff I'll be playing soon, like Super Commuter, where it's Chiptunes and someone rapping over it, or with I Fight Dragons, where it's a very prominent feature of it. It's Shell Riley and the Double Ice Backfire. The guys there really work on making it more of a element of the music instead of a a bystander that jumps in every now and then says hi guys can i play too so um uh, that's kind of a segue into my adventures this weekend in pensacola for uh nerd invasion where shale riley uh was one of many that performed uh, it was pretty interesting shale riley was originally uh billed to go on at um 11 at night and he performed at four in the morning. That's a bit of a delay. Now, were, now with 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 a show, I usually expect everything to run an hour and an hour and a half late. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I just expect that. 
that's what six hours. I'm really bad at five. Math. Five. So six hours. Six, <laughs> six to eight hours. Basically, seven days. The show took place at a music theater, a movie theater, and um, unbeknownst to the uh, event organizers, uh, the venue decided to show a movie precisely before the event took place. Oh God. Are you serious? <laughs> Which meant that there was no time in those two hours that they were planning on doing setup and sound check to do setup and sound check. They got boned. Yeah. Wow. That sucks. What was the movie? Uh, it was. Uh, was it Gonga Funkin' Law Abiding Citizen. What? Oh. I don't even know. The new, uh, the new uh, Gerard Butler, which I was actually pretty interested in watching, but I was running around making sure everything didn't blow up. Interesting news about Gunga Funkadine. The producers pulled out last minute. Oh. I hate so, it when people pull out last minute. You're so close, and then, <laughs> and then you don't even get to... F- <laughs> so we had... Uh, pretty much it was the guy who uh, helped a lot with the production. Uh, sitting there going, so, um, yeah, yeah, I did this thing called Gunga Funkadine. Too bad I can't show it to you. Um, Man... Yeah, but it's it's okay because that was going on at eight in the morning when everyone was asleep, because they had waited waited until four in the morning to see Shale Riley. Jeez. Um, uh, Schaefer was scheduled to go on, on at midnight, and uh, Doctor Awkward, an amazing uh, artist from the uh, breakout artist from Los Angeles, swapped places with him so Schaefer could still perform at midnight. He couldn't stay up and do a live version of publishing rights with Shale Riley, which is a track they collab with, because he had to fly out of Pensacola at 6 in the morning on Ugh. Saturday. So he kind of did his show and then went to bed, sadly. Thanks, sounds like movie this, theater. Sounds like this jaw rod turned into a hell rod. <laughs> but um, it was like a lot of people, everyone was pretty much falling asleep during everyone else's set. But what was amazing was Shale Riley's set. At 4 in the morning... Everyone's tired. No one wants to stand. And Shale Riley's like, dude, that's okay. I can barely stand myself. Why don't y'all just sit in chairs and just pull them up here? And it turned into a total lounge version of Shale Riley. All of his music was purely chiptunes. Renditions of his music, Grammar Club music, and Double Ice Backfire music. And uh, Publishing Rights, if you've heard it, is an incredibly sinister track with Schaefer the Dark Lord. Where uh, it's just this really haunting... Like critique on uh, modern uh, music rights and music business, and dumb chip tunes in that kind of lounge setting, it just turned totally turned into something much more haunting. Huh. Um, fortunately, the guys who were doing the production for Gonga Funkadine uh, videotaped the entire thing. Mm. Oh, that's good. So At least someone came out of that. So it will be uh, coming out at some point on YouTube or on DVD. Uh, Rob Tobias, also known as MCRT. Also streamed the show live on uh, KOL Radio, Kingdom of Loathing, the uh, online role-playing game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that went With pretty stick well. figures. With stick figures. I tried to play it. The graphics were not good. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, the... Yeah, I know. It's it's very stylistic and neat. It's so much fun. And it's a great parody of everything. Yeah. It's too much an online game for me, though. Because it is. It was, it was a phenomenal time. It was more of a time where we, all the people that uh, were too busy to really hang out at Nerdapalooza, got to just chill and hang out. I actually, 
Uh, me for for sure because I I had no time to actually talk to anyone at Nerdapalooza. I was able to yeah, just relax. I had to give you a lot of super energy hugs. <laughs> I enjoyed. Those. I gave you those too. Yeah, I, did, I did not. I did not know with extra, like those. <laughs> extra mm. like a little too much love and a lot of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it was so great to talk to Shale Riley about how much I've been like. This is the first time I actually got to sit down with Shale Riley in person and tell him how much I've appreciated his music and just chill and talk with him about music. Actually, sit down with Matt Hatter, uh, with uh, to hang out with Mark Schaefer, the Dark Lord. So it was such a great weekend, um, despite all the technical difficulties. And so I'm going to be actually we're ho- hoping, hopefully, working closer with uh, Matt Hatter and whoever else is working on Nerd Invasion for the next year, and uh, and make sure that none of those problems happen. Um, moving on to it's real much love respect. <laughs> moving on to uh, reminders for Nerd Vember. Uh, for those in the Central Florida region, this is an amazing time to be in the Central Florida region. Wait, we're in the Central Florida region. Uh, yes, oh, we are. Oh snap! Damn, how lucky for us. Speak for yourselves, guys. What? <laughs> oh yeah, you're dead. I, uh, no, that's Cappy. I know. Oh, I thought Cappy said that. Shows him My back is dead. turned to you guys. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know man. what's going on. Why, um, why did you turn your back on us? <laughs> what an ass! Wouldn't you if you were in his position? Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, this Friday, uh, at Copper Rocket at 8 p.m., we have the amazing Betty Rebel and Emergency, of Emergency Pizza Party having her sweet 16 birthday party. She's not 16. I saw her drinking alcohol. She's had a few sweet 16s before. Oh, all right. Cool. Oh, this is like when porn stars are teen. Yeah. And, but no, they're not really teen. What do you mean? Because, oh, we gotta have a, we gotta have a talk. (laughs) What what do you mean? But there's gonna be a whole bushel, bushel. 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 A bushel, bushel, bushel of bushels. A bushel of bushels of nerd rappers from Florida hanging out and rapping as well as... Nerd rappers of bush. As well as special guest Rappy McRapperson all the way from Seattle. Gavin Rostow? No. Rappy McRapperson. (laughs) Oh. He raps. Gavin does rap. That's what I hear. And then following that day here in a comic shop, we're gonna have the gauntlet. What's that? Which is really exciting. What is it? I know all about it. I know. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about it? It's like a big old party. You come down to a comic shop and you have a fun time. Starts at two, um, and we're gonna be playing some games, like games, right? Love games. <laughs> okay. Some, of, of games. some of my favorite games is games. There's there there there's gonna be some dices and some cardses and some videoses. Some videos gameses with mm. the uh, the Marvel versus Marvel, no Capcom. Allowed. Oh, That's not allowed. That's not allowed. You can't have Ryu fighting Hulk. That's gibberish. Yeah, you can. You can. It's Marvel versus Capcom, but there will be. You, you will only be able to play Marvel characters. Capcom will be. If forbidden. you play a Capcom character, you are disqualified, sir yeah. or madam. Probably, sir. <laughs> There's going to be a couple madams. Which I'm down with because my two characters are a Sabretooth and Juggernaut, anyways. That is an odd combination. Really I like that when I like to spice it up. Do you know who I throw in? Sentinel. Zangief. Well, he's not allowed. I know he wouldn't be allowed. So I'm like, okay. I would cool. have to play Iron Man, War Machine, Cable. Bring that shit on! Oh, snap. I, I do Super like, beam up your face. I like playing Cable for the novelty of my God, they put Cable in this. Yes, game. that's pretty much it. <laughs> also, Spider Man jumps a lot. Always yes, a good guy to have on your back. But yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. Viper beam, Viper beam. And I, I hear there's gonna be a special guest. <laughs> Gene <in> the... Splice. 
a special guest in the uh, the store. Yeah, some some um, I fight dragons special guests. Heck yeah, <laughs> a little and band called I fight dragons from Chicago. We will be interviewing them while they're in uh, in here, and we yep. will put gonna, that interview in next week's show. We're going to pull them back into the studio here with behind our soundproof wall so <laughs> we won't hear any of the party shenanigans. And we won't be crying because we can't play along because we're interviewing people. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be a fun time. They're, they're a sexy group of gentlemen and lady. Yeah. <laughs> so, And then after that we will all hang out at AKA Lounge where they'll be they'll allow MC Chris uh, to let them open for him. <laughs> With the yes, whole wheat I, bread as well. I agree with that uh, flowchart that you just described. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the diminutive Duke of nerd rap, MC Chris himself, mm-hmm. will be in Orlando again. Uh, apparently, last night uh, in New Orleans, their show was canceled uh, oh. on account of Hurricane. Oh yeah, Ida. Yeah, they don't do well with hurricanes there. No, no. something happened one time. Yeah, they get kind of sketchy. That's what I hear. Yeah, and then. And then it was like a gaping hellmouth. Yeah, there were just, all these demons and zombies there. Yeah, it's just so much, so much death and carnage in one place. It just, it just opens up the gates, and so you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta nip that in the bud. You gotta have the son of, son of Satan there, yeah, Damien Hellstrom, Hellstrom protecting you. You gotta have, you gotta have the the, the Doctor Voodoo yeah. there. You need all sorts of guys over there protecting, protecting that place because there's still people there. There's, there people survived that and, and they want to live their life. They don't want these, these demons feeding off all the, the negative death energy to just, <sighs> yeah, in short, Louisiana is a pretty cool place in the Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> and then the following week up in AMF Castleberry Lanes is going to be the Nerdapalooza live CD party, which is going to be pretty ballin'. We are going to be releasing the live CD as well as having a certain... What day is that? That's going to be Saturday, the following Saturday, November 21st. We have Mark with a C, uh, Emergency Pizza Party, uh, Fred Lives, and the House of Black. All kicking it up there. And I know I know all those people personally. Yeah, aren't they all cool? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. The uh, They all performed them. at Nerdapalooza, so it's kind of a showcase of people that perform there. It'll be 10 bucks to get in. And a dollar for shoe rental and a dollar per game. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-mm. And then the week after that, we got Black Friday, which is the blackest Friday. Blackest night Friday. Booyah! Because I hear it's going to be um a long time here in a comic shop. We're going to be open for 36 hours if you want to see me with actual blood coming out of my eyes. I volunteered to help during that at some point. You're going to help watch me sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. Hex, it's yeah, your man. turn to guard the mic. Guard yeah. him from what? <laughs> oh, from himself. himself. <laughs> I have a problem when I sleep. I like to punch myself <laughs> in my gentles. <laughs> and unless someone is watching me at all times, it's usually a, a shift rotation at our house with, with, with the roommates. Yeah. Uh, Cappy knows, his, knows this all too well. I, I do not sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. And then that will flow into the following Saturday, which is November 28th, which is a black tie kegger here at a comic shop. Yeah, man. This parties all the time at a comic shop. If you, I know we have a lot of listeners that are out of state. No way can they come to any of this awesome Do stuff. Do it anyway. There's <laughs> some of this stuff that is worth, worth road tripping, and you'll, you'll get to meet the nerdy show. I think what would yeah. be most worth coming down for would be the December 9th signing... For Atomic Robo, yeah, yeah, that the that, debut of all three Atomic Robo volumes, Ooh. all available for the first time at once. Indeed, 
<laughs> so oh, that's the sound of your kids. Yeah. Here's the deal, though. Um, we talk about Orlando news all the time because, of course, it, it pertains to us. But if you guys know about anything that's under our radar that you think is really cool, you know, send us an email and we, you know, we podcast to the world. So yeah. that email well, is info at nerdyshow.com. Absolutely. Please. And we will uh, remind you all at the end of the show, too. So if you don't want to write it down now, you want to wait until the end. And, oh, wait ahead. And I, I'm 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 kind of like the the lovable pervert on the show. So any any anything right. anything despicable you find on the internet, just absolutely disgusting. I am extremely interested. Oh. So I will tell you people a true story. Michael was disappointed that he could not look at bloody fresh bloody shit, not even three hours ago. He he lost this opportunity and he was visibly angry. It's, also, according to your Twitter, true. he had a long discussion with you about Merkins. I hear. Oh my god. <laughs> The longest conversation in all of human history about pubic wigs. I just really... I know what you just... <laughs> I would not stop. I hear there's a Merkin shop in London. Ah. It lets you get designer Merkins. You can get a Union Jack Merkin. That's not, that's not far enough for poor Mikey. And I am completely shaven. Maybe so pick some, I, I, pick I, I, you might want to... naturally bald. You might want to <laughs> just, just give something, you know, back to the fans. Maybe some, some spreads with uh, oh. Union Jack Merkin. Oh, and man. that concludes our section of nerd music. <laughs> <laughs> I will now pass it along to some <laughs> iFi Dragons. Here is uh, I, Heads Up, Hearts Down. Uh, we'll be back soon.
On one particularly stressful afternoon, just as Danny began to sink into his beanbag chair for a relaxing video game, a blinding light emanated from his television screen. Wind swirled about as the objects in his room were, from smallest to largest, pulled towards the screen. As heavy as Danny was, the force overwhelmed him, and he too was sucked in.
back. What we just listened to was brand new release from the amazing local chiptunes artist Jay Tholen. It is Danny's 8-bit journey. Uh, pretty much Danny is this uh, stereotypical uh, video gamer who loves anime and is a aficionado of collectible chocolate. <laughs> oh. Chocolate cigars. And, mm. um, and he randomly gets sucked into a video game world. Wow. And so How does this, that happen? It just happens. It, uh, it like, doesn't just happen. Just imagine what happens. There's like Captain, a secret door you take your character it? through. It's mother, like Captain, mother brain. It's yeah. like it's like Captain N where he just a blinding light and he gets sucked into the video game. It's like what is that? There's like this one uh one one short show on the internet where a guy was like uh playing Zelda and auto asphyxiating yeah, Erotica himself. Uh, Legend of Neil. It's on Comedy Central. Yeah, Legend of Neil. Yeah, and so he, he's jacking off and strangling himself as a Nintendo controller and he gets pulled into yeah, the Legend of Zelda. So basically, he went to heaven. Saying. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then he, he, he fought the evil wizard, David Carradine. <laughs> oh, man. The, the, the king of auto-erotica asphyxiation. Yeah. So. No, it was Ninja Assassins. <laughs> oh. So, can I talk about comic books? Yes, please. I would cool. like very much to hear about comic books. Well, it's, uh, it's a good week for comic books this week. You um, say that every week. I know, because comic books, there's great material being, being put out all the time. There's, like, hundreds of titles, and I can boil it down to, like, ten that I really think Give you should read. Give us ten. Um, well, okay. Jason Aaron. Never heard of him. Okay, he does Scalped. Oh. He does uh, Other it's Side. my favorite book about Indians. He, he does Wolverine. Um, oh, Jason oh, Aaron! Yeah, Wolverine, um, uh, Get Mystique, and Wolverine Weapon X, um, Man- and Manifest Destiny, and, and others. He um, He's done Ghost Rider for a good chunk of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, this guy, really with his scalp, though, has a penchant for the hardcore shit. He doesn't hold back. He does fucked up stuff. This man is amazing. And almost everything he writes, it's like he just puts his whole heart and soul into it. Like I, I like this already. Yeah, I don't think I've read anything of his that I've, I've really disliked. Nothing that comes to mind. But man, he is getting the reins of Punisher Max. Oh, as in the book that Garth Ennis wrote for years. For years that he made. Yeah, Garth Ennis took Punisher, this corny thing that Spider-Man likes to punch, <laughs> and and turned him into this murder machine. Murder machine, this incredibly believable and not exactly likable like hardcore badass. And the best part of it was just how he wasn't really likable. You were actually empathize more with the villains most times and then even though they were despicable as well and then they would get blown away it was just a, a brilliant brilliant series i suggest everyone read it but if you haven't and you're like well i can't read this this is the perfect time to jump on it's a new number one yeah now a- after ennis left there were some uh, some other writers came on and there was some good stuff that yeah. came out of it there was some good stuff there was some bad stuff but it wasn't quite the same it wasn't quite the same and i have read this issue I've read the first two issues of um, of this series, and it is absolutely amazing. If you have been reading Ennis's run and you felt disappointed by the stuff after it, you will not be disappointed by this. This is Steve Dillon on art, the original Punisher Max artist, right? Or the, at least the original Garth Ennis. The Punisher Garth artist. Ennis Punisher. He was and the artist on Preacher. Yes. So this guy, he and he is like he does a fantastic job. I mean, the, the it looks looks really good and. Um, a lot of some, not a lot of people, but some people complain about his art, and I think they're crazy. I think the only problem is um, every now and then he gets paired up with not, a not so good colorist. But yeah. this time, his art's great. I yeah, love his art. It, it looks perfect. It looks amazing. So you would say that this is this is the like legitimate offspring of 
Punisher Max. Yeah. And Rick Remender does a great job writing Punisher proper, which right. is Punisher centered around... Superhero universe, yeah. Dark Reign, all that. And, it, you know, it, it comes up. It yeah. comes up in, in, in Punisher Max from time to time, but, but it's not the focus. Yeah, this, this is... This, more than anything, I would say, sets Punisher Max in its own universe. Really? For, for the first time. But, it's, but it doesn't um, disregard any of the other Punisher Max stuff. Everything Punisher Max has happened. There's even there's one text bubble that references other people who have tried to take out the Punisher. And what this is, is this is introducing Wilson Fisk to the Max universe. Like, the Kingpin. And the Kingpin doesn't make sense in reality. There's no crime lord who's all muscle who's gonna, like, beat the crap out of everyone. That doesn't make any sense. This this guy, like, if Kingpin goes to jail, he gets butt raped. You know? Kingpin recently spent some time in jail. Yeah. And he ruled it. And he still ruled New York out from jail. And it was, like, wasn't wasn't much different in the, in the Marvel Universe. Now, Kingpin did some time. And when he was in jail, he got the butt rape he deserved. <laughs> okay? This guy... But this is this is creating a kingpin. This is like not your average like he's not already kingpin. This is not your daddy's kingpin. Yeah, and this guy's this guy's hardcore and fucked up and the the parallels between him and Frank are really really cool. So, you everyone needs to check this book out. Like I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed that it's an official departure from something that could occur in the Marvel universe but it's too fucked up for Marvel to say it does. But at the same time, that yeah, sounds really I awesome. mean, the the problem is is that Punisher's an old man in the Max universe and he's a young man. In the Marvel Universe. That's the, probably the biggest problem. Is that, like, Marvel Universe keeps pushing forward while Max is very... Yeah, wasn't, um, wasn't Frank aging relatively, like, in, with real time in the Max? Setting? Yeah, he's like 60. Yeah. <laughs> he's like 60 and massive. So, yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense because if he was the age he was when he was in Vietnam, he'd be a 60-year-old man. <laughs> Who knows with comic book timelines. Yeah, comic book time is weird. But um, the DC planet Earth is three times larger than the planet Earth uh, as we know it. Don't yeah. Get started. Yeah. <laughs> Party. Really? It is. Yeah. yeah. That's how they can incorporate all those cities that don't actually exist. And they're all in New York. And there are there's New York and Gotham and Metropolis, and they're like three cities all in New York. How's that make you feel? I blood stupid. Blue Haven. That thing's gone. It yeah. A, no. It was nuked Thank off God. the map. <laughs> It was nuked off the map. We'll spell it like it's Bloodhaven, but we'll put umlaut so it's actually pronounced Bloodhaven. Bloodhaven. No oh, thanks. I am a genius. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, uh, in, in the world of good DC comics, so Blackest Night is still going uh, strong. Still you, going strong. You got, like, you was, there was one ring yeah. before, the fear ring, and now we've got two rings this week. Is there, a, is there a ring to rule them all? Mm-hmm. The black ring? It's got a... I still have my theory that uh, that the DC. I think I actually got this uh, theory from you, Brian, where the D, the Black Lanterns are just going to win. The DC universe is just going to have to move to another universe. Yes, absolutely. This is going to be the DC zombie universe. Yeah, they're just going to die, and everyone, and then it's going to be like, and now we're in Earth Two. And it'll be like uh, it'll be a nice parallel, an allegory, if you will, to uh, American imperialism. Uh huh. With. You know, right. the colonies and the majority people here. Well, we'll just slaughter them all. And well, they're not us. They must be fake people. Yeah, so we'll just visit some other universe, slaughter all indigenous life, and just claim that we were always here. The way things are going, the way things are going, that's completely feasible because the dead just really outnumber the living. Yeah, and, and they're kind of kicking by butt. Billions. And exactly, and they, the entire entire solar systems are getting resurrected, and and it's it's 
insane. And uh, the guys that are kind of dealing with this are, are obviously the Green Lanterns and the different colored cores out in space. But what about the, the space heroes who don't have rings? The Rebels, okay? The R-E-B-E-L-S. What does it stand for? Uh, not Legion. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's Tony Bedard's book. Yeah, it's Tony Bedard's book. And it's if you haven't been reading it... It's really good. It is a phenomenal space book. Man, he, he made me care about Starro. Like, I was... That's a big deal. I was really sick of Starro. Starro is a stupid goddamn character. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. so you know what I read that I had no idea? Starro apparently got a yellow ring. Yeah. That makes sense. A Starro got a yellow yeah, ring. Yeah, I read that on, uh, on Wikipedia. Tony, Tony Bedard, he swooped in there, and he created a whole... Uh, origin and mythology for Starro that makes the whole contrived business make complete sense, and it's awesome. And he took the R-E-B-E-L-S, the Rebels, who are formerly the L-E-G-I-O-N, the Legion, and tied that... Like the D-O-G-O-B-G-Y-N? Yes, the D-O-G-O-B-G-Y-N. T-U-R-T-L-E, power! (laughs) Yeah. So he, he took the Rebels, who are fighting, you know, are former legion and tied them into the future legion and and brought all the continuity like close circle and it, it's just it's while at the same time being extremely readable yeah for anyone yeah it's really good like anyone can pick this up and enjoy it and it's it's been a really fun space book of like just kind of like scoundrel space heroes and and their leader brainiac 2 vril dox is no one likes him he is a bad man he, he's doing good things, but he doesn't care. He is a, He's like a bad guy. He's kind of like Wolverine before he got a conscience, or, or Han Solo before he became a pussy. Like, like, <laughs> like shot first. Yeah, he, he shot first, man. So, yeah, he, he, um, a lot of people are afraid of this guy. And for the trouble of reading this good book, you're yeah. rewarded yeah, ex- with an indigo ring. Indigo ring. Yeah, you, you, if you, if you take compassion into your heart, and and give this kind of offshoot DC book a chance. You are given a compassion ring, the 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 indigo ring of of compassion. You know what's what's my? F- I mean, like that's that's a good that's a good illusion and everything. Yeah. You know what's my favorite? Booster Gold. You Booster get the goddamn Gold. orange ring. Yeah, yes. Booster Gold. The greedy. You get some golden bling. He he's a he's a he's a notoriously um, greedy superhero. He gets the orange ring. That's so cool. And his book sounds badass because uh, Black Lantern Blue Beetle is coming. Oh my it, god, it, that's, that's gonna destroy that's him. Scene. That's yeah, his best friend. That's his best friend, man. That's the best friend. And it makes me hungry for the, the black and blue burger, mm-hmm. uh, which is available at Backyard Burgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> blue cheese on a blackened burger. Anyway. But yeah, so that. Oh wow, I'm watching his penis get erect. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> I, lo- I really love blue cheese. It just, it just stinks like kissing grandma. <laughs> uh, but yeah. There uh, it goes. <laughs> So yeah, you get an orange ring, and you get you get a, a, a indigo ring, and and it's just it's really exciting. And Green Lantern Corps comes out. Oh yes, another. So you're gonna see even more of their unending battle. If you've been How reading that they book. are so screwed. I, I'm almost exhausted. Yeah. Because well, is, they got indigo too now. Fights. So yeah. he's gonna go knock knock, and they're gonna go, oh, who's there? Right. And he's gonna go your sa- your salvation. Because in, indigo one is paneling around with uh, Hal Jordan and his motley crew of, of ring buddies, Sinestro. Sinestro, Sinestro, and Carol Ferris, the Star Sapphire, um, and uh, Saint Walker now. And, and Saint Walker, yeah. So they're 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 you know a bunch of guys, but the Green Lanterns back on Oa are totally fucked. Yeah, they're just outnumbered and they're just getting slaughtered. Like Kilowog got a hand shoved in his chest. We don't know if he's dead. Yeah, like and something is gonna happen and someone is going to die because I read the solicits. Someone is gonna die and 
someone else is going to become a Red Lantern because of it. Oh! And, uh... Oh, God. Yeah. And it looks... And I don't want Kilowog to die or become a Red Lantern. Neither do I want uh, Kyle Rayner or oh, Kyle Rayner's hot pink-skinned girlfriend to well, die. Well, she's Sinestro's daughter, I know. so I really hope she doesn't die. Yeah. And I don't well, want we are, we, there, there's already Lantern. been an It'll illusion. from that. Yeah. There's been an illusion in an earlier uh, comic about a guy with, uh, with Phil and some rage. Guy has been red every time the Black Lanterns have looked at yeah. him. He has been fucking furious. Oh, what if they killed Ice? Where's Ice? Oh, snap. Is no is Ice on Oa right now? No, no, she's on Earth. That's good. She's on Earth. Well, Earth is kind of <laughs> yeah. a bad place. No, because he saw her right before he left. Yeah, so yeah, he saw her. That was in the Blackest Night one. So yeah, she's on Earth, probably fighting Black Lanterns, but hopefully not going to die. But I mean, I don't know. On the other hand, Red Lantern guy. Oh my gosh! You would move to another universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what bothers me about the Red Lanterns are essentially you lose the character for good. Like, but what if? But not necessarily because we've seen it done where they were brought back. Atrocitus is the only one who's like cognitive, right? And if one of these Green Lanterns becomes a Red Lantern, as we've seen, which Hal Jordan couldn't control himself, but and neither could what's her face, uh, uh, Lyra. Yeah. yeah, but maybe, maybe. This main character who will become a Red Lantern, which if you've looked at the solicits, it's been spoiled. So I know Thank who you it for is. But like when that when that person... But we, we we've seen with uh when um Saint Walker put the blue ring on God on uh, Hal that it was able to save him. So there is a chance Yeah, that... you just put a blue ring on him. You know, there's three of those. Three blue rings or four or something now. We need more. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, yeah. I'm uh we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Oh, so exciting. Yeah, it's going to be good. There's some Deadpool stuff coming out. Deadpool teams up with Spider-Man and Spider-Man. Hey, does uh, Spider-Man the list come out? Because that should be this week, right? Nope, that's late. Oh. That's late, and our list party is uh, on, on Saturday. Oh, wow. That's, oh. that's okay. Is it's, that what we get for planning around Marvel? I don't... Oh. It's not Marvel. I mean, it is Marvel's fault, <laughs> but it's not really... I mean, they just want to put out a quality book, and they want the art to be done. Right. No, I'm not, I don't want a half-written half written or half drawn thing yeah. so yeah it's gonna be late but it's gonna be okay Deadpool 17 comes out pretty he, excited about uh, the new Batman and Robin yeah Batman and Robin comes out and uh <laughs> There's, the cover's great a reflection of in in the Red Hood's domed head of Batman tied up and the Red Hood is holding the crowbar and, <laughs> and the Red Hood is is uh Jason Jason Todd it is as far as we know I mean, yeah. it seems no, all signs point it is, to... It is Jason Todd. Okay. Yeah, they, he made the comment about how Bruce made him dye his hair. Oh, yeah, and all that's that. true. And he, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Jason Todd. But um, apparently Jason Todd, because he has come back from the dead, has information about Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Oh, which boy, is, Tim Drake will be interested in that. Yeah, which is going to be teased out there. So, so that's exciting. And, uh, you know, just all around... Good stuff. I mean, I don't know if I did my list of ten, but I'm, I'm, I'm tired, I'm tired of talking. Well, then let's jump into some music. What I got is a legend in the chiptune scene, Bit Shifter, uh, really influential in the New York scene. This is his uh, phenomenal and iconic song, Hexadecimal Genome. I kind of have a little special place in my heart for this song. Why? It's named after you, right? Yep. Aww. No. It was it was named before I got the name Hex. Anyways, enjoy folks. <laughs> 
his foot. Humans walk like the sand. Robots need more energy, but they cover greater distance. Humans fight like the sand. Robots fight like his foot. The human brain is complicated, difficult to decipher. Jets. Put on your decals, take a better chest. Go away, those safety nets. Face these threats with the face reveals. People bounce off invisible shield. Ha ha, ha ha, it's funny. Oh, look at all the bipeds running. Galloping masses, gathering numbers. We wonder where the president's number. Slide in if we grab a code. Generate decoys, soon to be old. Snap back, interrogate original. Gotta info, it's so critical. Hit go, but remember the best. Show these people why they need a lot of rest. Robots walk like this, but humans walk like this. Electricians start shaking, can you take it? Do you wanna fall in? Lie, move quick, no crawling. Time and I lie, no stalling. More hydraulics means more hauling. And we got these best to move. Heat treated, fully bulletproof. See, you need it here with a few. PLW like test of you. The best of the box just walk through city blocks in Kagi. Don't like itty bitty pigeons, itty bitty bats, itty bitty chihuahuas in designer bags. How you like that? Micro robots in your body setting up camp. We love it, we're not moving. Dig in, it's a big improvement. Robots walk like this, but humans walk like this, and robots need more energy. And we're back. That was Super Commuters Itty Bitty Pigeons from their first album, Super Commuter, uh, which is Wheelie Cyberman of renown uh, Optimus Rhyme. Stop uh, all the download. <laughs> Supercomputer, right? Supercommuter. <laughs> oh, not, not, not my computer? No. It's interesting. They make all their music while commuting to work. Oh, wow. The chiptunes guy, he just sits there playing on a Game Boy, and then once it's all done, he masters it, sends it over to Wheelie Cyberman, who listens to it while driving and he's stuck in Seattle traffic so he just sits there writing the lyrics. That's way cool. That's a very interesting process. Super commuter. It's like a more compressed version of the postal service. Yeah. Hmm. Well so I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you with some tech news. I got a oh. little uh hit me. Got a little cross pollination <laughs> uh, uh, game game news. Where you been? Where you been Brian? Brian <laughs> in a cave in Italy. <laughs> Okay, so um, this is something I've been wanting to mention for a while, and it pertains to a little thing we do called Dungeons and Doritos. Oh, uh, new episode coming later this month. I am so hungry. <laughs> oh, we got to hurry up with that. We're almost halfway through the month. I know, right? A team of students at Carnegie Mellon University have developed a D&D app for the Microsoft Surface. Oh my I gosh, I saw this. this it is so oh, amazing. I saw this too. And it's amazing. Yes, yeah, it, it is. Was, it, it, I was, if, if, you to, <laughs> if you go to Vimeo and... Uh, 
go to the user Surfscapes, you can check out this video for yourself. Right I, want now, I would like to put it out there. We are totally willing to be sponsored by Microsoft to get be given one of these tables. Dude. And we will totally try this, try this out on uh, Dungeons and Doritos. Listen, Microsoft, you th- you think you guys have been pimped out before? Like, like you don't even know what a good pimp I am. I will treat you right. I will buy you nice dresses. I will, I will. He will, I will give you an audio blowjob. I will bu- the finest lady undergarments, like <laughs> and, and some Doritos and and Doritos. All the Doritos you can you can get like silos full of cool rings. He's a classy man. He wears lots of rings, lots of jewelry, yeah. silk suits. You know he'll treat you right. Like seriously, like I want this table. Basically, you get this table. Microsoft Surface is a gigantic uh, touch and interface application. Like an iPhone on so many steroids. Yeah, yeah, it's the biggest iPhone ever. It uses control objects for players, um, and they have fold-out stats and action menus that, like, act almost like Secret of Mana's rings, but with more more stat-like. Yeah. Um, and just coming off these character pieces you put on this table, it's all segmented. It's got, like, objects that move. and It can roll dice. Yeah. Rolls yeah. dice for you. Virtual dice. Yeah. Throws them up against the sides, bounces off the corners. So good. Makes the sound of a die. Oh my god, and the monsters that it has, they're like sitting there, they're moving, they're like, what's up, I'm a dire wolf. Rawr. No one, no one has enough money to ever play this. Bill but Gates maybe does. in the future. That's how yeah. Bill Gates Which is D&D. why we're saying Microsoft give us one. Listen, listen. Because we are poor. <laughs> Billy boy, Billy boy. He's not in charge anymore. <laughs> he can pull some strings. Alright, he'll make some calls. Listen. Listen, you have not had such fine lips <laughs> upon your person, okay? Now, yeah. Mike does have a nice pair of lips. I have some DSLs, okay? <laughs> he has, he's a white man, so I know you'll like that. Yeah. But he has a black man's lips. I have the juice. Or well, maybe a black woman's lips, if you will. What, whichever what, way you Whichever go. you prefer, they're juicy, and they will be on your body if you get me this table. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Putting that out there. <laughs> putting right. that out there. So, dig this. The first commercially available augmented reality game is out. Bum, bum, bum. And it's the first DSi-only game. Oh, Ooh. shit. It's called System Flaw, and it's an F... <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Bad idea. I broke it. Oh. <laughs> That's a feature. It's an FPS where you're the first person. Oh, shit. Mm. You're the first person of the shooter. The top screen shows a radar that lets you see where the alien invading alien menace, aka the flaws, are lurking, and you have to explore your own environment to find them. Even you know you might have to even run out, leave your house in the dead of the night, and hunt aliens in your backyard. If you got if you, you got to get the job done, you got to run into traffic in the middle of the night and what get hit you, by cars. Yeah, what if you live in a bad place to do that? This, this like, is obviously not a game you want to start up while you're, you're alien is, gunshots or, or you can just feel protected from the ones outside. They'll get in somehow. Yeah. <laughs> There's an alien in the crack house next door. <laughs> it, it's developed by a small company uh, called Visual Impact. Um, and the whole thing's really small. In fact, you might even have to request it to be ordered. I'm not sure. Uh, it, I don't know how good the distribution is. And admittedly, the graphics are a bit dinky. They're kind of like 2D sprites that come at you, and it, it's kind of weird. I'm uh, scared already. But um, 2.5. But the game itself has been reviewed a number of times, and everyone says it's really fun and very, very cool. Um, it comes out... Uh, it's it's out already here, and it comes out in February in Europe. Hmm. Um, one, uh, we're running, we're almost done, right? We're we're almost out of time. Yeah. But uh, one last thing, you got to head to the nude stand. The, the nude, nude stand. stand. The nude stand. <laughs> <laughs> a, let me. I'm going now. Oh. I'm going to close. Head to, back to. head to the newsstands. Pick up a copy of Esquire. 
This is why. This is massive. Why would I get this? Es- about Esquire. Esquire has debuted an augmented reality issue. Suddenly, what? I care about Esquire. It actually what? uses augmented reality. The front cover is Robert Downey Jr. straddling what? an augmented reality glyph in the dead center of the page, and you go to um, Esquire.com/ar, mm-hmm. and when you buy this, when you buy this issue, you download the software, and you have to have a webcam for it. But most can you do it on an days. iPhone? I don't think so. You have to be well. If you can download the software and it works, then yes. Okay. Uh, and the software runs on Windows and Macs. Uh, you basically you put the magazine up to it. All of a sudden, all the letters explode off the cover. Robert Downey Jr. walks off the page, starts talking to you. If you hold it in a different direction, like if you hold it on a tilt, he climbs over the top Whoa. and he starts talking to you, saying different things. Whoa! This is crazy. Yes, really. Uh, you can watch a video of it on Esquire.com. Do we have this thing in our house yet? Well, you have a webcam. I got one. I haven't been to a newsstand yet. Okay. So you know we can we can combine With your these powers combined. You'll have a. I do, all, I do all sorts of sexy things it, it has, on that nude cam. It has a fashion uh, portfolio with uh, Jeremy Renner in it, and uh, you can actually change the clothes he's wearing and the seasons that are occurring in full animation behind him as he walks around based on which way you tilt the magazine. Like, you just turn it, and the seasons change. Four sides, four seasons. Wow. Um, they have a... Uh, a bit called Funny Joke with a Beautiful Woman. I guess it's a reoccurring thing in Esquire. I admit I'm not a regular reader of the number one men's magazine. Uh, uh, but it, it is time sensitive. The program knows what time of day it is, and you get a different video of a different joke that has accompanying animations, I might add. A beautiful woman? Of a beautiful woman telling a joke. Uh, Jillian Jacobs is the, the woman. Never heard of her. Who is she? Well, she's hot. She's, she's blonde beautiful. and hot. I know that much. Relevant. You know, there's also a song, a photo slideshow, and a face recognition ad from Lexus. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen how that one works. It sounds crazy. You have a face. <laughs> I hate Bye, guys. Alexis. Welcome to the goddamn future, Jesus kids. Wow. <laughs> so all these men's out there getting exposed to augmented reality, probably for the first time. They get they get their their magazine in the mail, and they're like, "Time to augment my reality." Hold this up to your computer, and they're like, "This crazy talk. Where's my cigar reviews?" And then like they do it, and their their mind is blown. One last cool thing before it gets totally outdated. Make announce the winners for their Halloween contest. Mm. Now, um, they were all pretty cool, but what was the coolest of all was the third runner-up, a really? guy named Everett Bradford. He created something he calls the Prometheus device. It's a thing that attaches to his wrist with a, a thing in the center of his palm. Right. It lets him throw flames. What? Like, they jet out of his wrist, based and the intensity has several different modes, but it's totally based on the tilt of his wrist. He was inspired by the X-Men character Pyro. Pyro, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. of. I'm like, oh my god. Wow. This thing actually works. It doesn't burn him at all. Uh, he explains He explains all that. It, it, it just shoots off. It's amazing. You can watch a video of that at make.com. There's going to be a link on Nerdy Show. And he got third runner-up? He got third runner-up. Who did he should have got, gotten first? What... What took the third place or the first place away from him for this, I believe, is the fact that it wasn't particularly Halloween themed. He didn't have a pyro costume to go along with oh, it. Oh, because it was a costume contest. He created. Well, it something. wasn't. It was a Halloween contest, right? But um, he well, created the mischief. Yeah. yeah, he just didn't have a, a cool costume. costume. Second yeah. runner up was a guy who devised a device you put inside a jack o' lantern that has a motion sensor in it. It make it laughs at you and shoots silly string out of its <laughs> eye holes. That's kind of cool. 
It's fun, but it's not. Now, Boom, now what if that fire. string had been fire? Yeah. Oh, my God. What if you made a pumpkin that just explodes and kills children? Mm. Wait. Relevant. And you fly around on a glider. Yes. Uh-huh. Dress fourth, up. Fourth place, <laughs> right. fourth place made that glider. You combine your exploding pumpkin mm-hmm. with the flamethrower and the throwing and the glider. Yeah. All right. Also, we need a super, zero, uh, super soldier serum. Yeah. So, like, we're trying to replicate, you know, the Steve Rogers project, yeah. but with a, a green twist. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, fast track that. Okay, all the things are pretty cool, but Everett Bradford, uh, hats off to you, guy. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, pyromaniac. Now, have you ever uh, looked into the possibilities of uh, super crime? <laughs> just same. You can just take that flame and like do a circle at a vault. Yeah, Katunk. Yeah, that vault is open, my friend. Free money. Like we don't have superheroes yet, so now's your time to shine. There's no Batman. There's yeah. no Daredevil. This just gonna be regular cops, and they's flammable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wearing asbestos. Well, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking in with us with this extra long episode of uh, No yeah, Show. We, likes it. we know we delivered to you, baby. Yeah. Um, something I gotta point out is Delivered that uh, there's booty. a a local uh, podcast called Soma Cow. Uh, you can check them out at somacow.com. They uh, they recently boasted on their 400th episode that they have the smartest podcast listeners in the world. No, they ain't. And I heard that, and I'm like, really? Because no, uh, apparently man. you don't know about all the people that listen to Nerdy Show. Both of us <laughs> listeners is good or smart than they. Seriously. <laughs> Shitting dick nipples. <laughs> so I, I have declared war on behalf of Nerdy Show against them, and the, the gentlemen behind me have agreed. And so we are, we're now telling you to fight for us. We're enacting a personal army. Yeah. And, uh, and that is you, our listeners. We you want... are our personal army. Militias are allowed under the Constitution. Yeah. So you will or be something. the Nerdy Show army to represent Nerdy Show and prove that you are smarter than other podcast shows. I mean, they dumb. You may want to meet up with the Kiss Army. They're pretty cool. <laughs> we can, like... Have a treaty. I'm just saying. It's gonna be like a hug army. I'm just saying, like their servers are probably not that good and probably really susceptible to a DDoS <laughs> attack. I'm just, just. Wait. <laughs> kind of smart to pull that off. Oh yeah, that might prove something. Actually, let's let's not incite a DDoS war. That <laughs> that'll bring everything. Falling it would be like way more. cool if you guys didn't do that. Hex yeah, don't text. Hex, they're Hex's friends. Yeah, yeah they're, they're actually, they're actually they're nice people. So this is I a recommend friendly gentlemen's competition where we'll just kill each other. I yeah. recommend listening to the latest episode of Somo Cow, or if you're like, I only got time for one podcast, don't don't change horses yeah, in you, the game. Let's you know stay who it here. If you know show bitches, <laughs> we'll keep you informed of what's going on. But if you're like, I got some time, I can I can I can kill another hour. Let's check out another podcast. See how it's cool. Some Listen really, to that really good gardening podcasts. Just like throw that out there if you. Want. <laughs> <laughs> Tulips Tuesday. Yeah, Tulips Tuesday. You listen. You listen as well. Oh yeah. Oh, oh Linda, she's such a sweetheart. She is. <laughs> Anywho, thank you everyone for listening. This has been Nerdy Show. We are going to uh, sign off with uh, Anna Managuchi, amazing Nintendo rock from New York, uh, with their classic song Helix Nebula. Uh, bye, I'm Hex. Triforce Mike. Cap. Brian. Enjoy.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show is brought to you by support from A Comic Shop, Nerdapalooza, the Oviedo branch of Play and Trade. And the letter N. And the letter N. N is for what? I can't say that on the air. Peanut butter. That is not the word I was thinking of. <laughs> Where did you leave off here? Uh, uh, so... If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please send them to info at nerdyshow.com. Oh, fuck you, <laughs> Don't forget to check out more episodes at www.nerdyshow.com or in the iTunes store. And hey, that's where we keep secret surprises like that cool video you heard about. Yeah, touch your gentles, touch them. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.